There is a picture I found today that I'd known I've had it for probably six or seven years uh, that inspired this week's podcast. So as I sat around going, what am I going to talk about on the podcast this week, which I do almost every week, uh, I saw this picture of Carson and I thought, okay, there is a lesson here and I want to pass it along to you. So if you're a parent, this is a great podcast for you. And we're going to get started right now on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Let's go. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. I do appreciate it. Uh, We talk about things that I have learned in my life, and then sometimes you share things that you've learned in your life. And we have a bit of a conversation here, even though it's kind of just me talking, but I think that I'm really good at imagining you answering back to me, and maybe you're really good at answering back. Do you ever talk back to the podcast? Be honest. Do you ever say, Dave, that is messed up, or Dave, I never thought about it that way, or Dave, you're doing it all wrong? Um, I really enjoy doing the podcast. I think that sometimes, just like when we do the morning show after the show podcast, the Minnesota Goodbye, sometimes Fallon and Steve and I and Jenny will look at each other and go, what do you want to talk about? And we kind of free form our way through it. But sometimes we come up with some good ideas. Um, This time I was inspired by a picture that I saw of Carson, and I put it on my Facebook page so you can see it. Facebook, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. But if you're listening to the car out for a run and you can't do it, um, I'm going to describe it to you. So it's taken really deep in the woods in the mountains in Colorado. And it's a rugged, woodsy trail in the mountains, and there's fallen trees, and the path is very rocky. And it's taken in the summertime, so everything is green. And I think Carson's wearing a pair of shorts, and he's walking down the path in front of me. And we were up in the mountains um, in the front range behind the Air Force Academy, probably at that point in the trail, two miles from the car. And we had hiked probably three miles up to the mountains and then three miles back. And he was having the time of his life and he was asking questions. And he's at that sweet age of about 10 years old where he's got a million questions and he's got a million observations and he's walking along. And you can tell by looking at this picture, it's taken from behind. I took it because it was a very sweet moment. And you can tell by the way he's walking, just by his body language, that he is loving life. His arms are swinging big, and he's taking big steps, and he's standing up straight. And you can tell in this picture that he is loving life at that moment. And whenever I look at that picture, I think, wow, I am really glad I took that picture because that shows a kid at his most enthusiastic about something that he should be enthusiastic about. It's not a birthday present. It's not a new video game. It's not a trip to Disney world, which are all pretty cool. It's being outdoors and you know, so simple and it didn't cost anything. So go look at that picture. And I want you to challenge yourself a little bit and think about what number one, if you have kids, what picture do you love of your kids the most? Number two, What have you done? What can you do to get your kid outside and get them enthusiastic about being outside? But here's the lesson, and I wrote this down when I saw that picture. In my next book, chapter two, um, I will, or part two, I will have a chapter in there that says anything you want to do with your kids, do it before they're 13. I think I've probably told you the story before about long before Carson was born, I told myself if I ever have another boy and chase you know chase was my boy and chase i love chase to death but he was not an outdoorsy kind of a kid so i knew that he would never want to do this i told myself that if i had another boy and he was outdoorsy 
I would want to take a week-long canoe trip down the Missouri River through Montana, the way that Lewis and Clark came up, and it's you know it's very protected now, and uh, it's like a scenic wild river, so they can't develop it on either side. And for about 200 miles of the Missouri River in the middle of Montana, it's just the river. And I've never been on it, but at the end of that point, there is Fort Peck Lake. Why do I tell you about Fort Peck Lake or Fort Peck Reservoir? Because 110 or 105 years ago, my grandfather homesteaded on the banks of the Missouri River. And his homestead was very close to where Fort Peck Lake is now. So there's some family history there. What's my point? I always said when Carson's about 13 or 14 or 15, old enough that he can help paddle, we're going on a canoe trip. We're going to start in Fort Benton, Montana. We're going to learn how to use a canoe. We're going to um, canoe down. We're going to live out of the canoe. We're going to have purified water. We're going to protect ourselves from rattlesnakes because there are rattlesnakes up there. We're going to do this. He'll remember it forever. It'll be the trip of a lifetime. And we never made it happen. Now, we still could make it happen, but I'll be honest with you. Carson is not really an outdoorsy kid. He likes to go to concerts, and I would, I think he would do it, but I think that he would be doing it for me, and I wouldn't want him to do it just for me. So we were, you know, we got a canoe about 10 years ago, and we were going to learn to, and we did. We went on a lot of canoe trips on the Mississippi River, and we camped on Dimmick Island, and uh, we just had a great time. And we, the plan was to learn to canoe more, I don't know, more professionally, more um, uh, adeptly and learn the ins and outs and all the different strokes. And And we went to the Boundary Waters canoe area with the Boy Scouts one time and we had a great time, but the years slipped away and uh, we were going to do it about three years ago, but he was so busy that summer that we just couldn't do it. We had it on the books. We had a plane reservation and a rental car and we had it reserved and, and uh, we just never did it. So my chapter in my book that if I were going to write it today would include one that says anything you want to do with your kids do it before they're 13 and I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast have young kids that are under a year old or just under five years old and at that age they'll do anything mom and dad want to do that whatever it is you want to do if you said hey we're gonna go for a hike They'd probably go with you for a hike, bike ride. Um, you're going to ride down to get ice cream. You're going to get in the car and you're going to go to the Arboretum and you're going to walk around three mile drive or you're going to hike up and down the Mississippi or you're going to run down across the snow. Whatever it is, kids will do it when they're young. And a lot of the time they don't always want to, but they're glad later when they did. When I was a kid, I wasn't crazy about Boy Scouts, but some of my best memories of, of, of being a kid now are Boy Scout trips that my dad <clears throat> kind of pressured me to go on. So they get older. They're 13, 14, 15. It happens slowly, and you won't even notice it at first. But your kid will become less interested in you and more interested in their friends. And by the time they're 14 or 15 or 16, you get a sliver of their time, and you have to schedule it. At that age, they are not going to come to you and say, Dad, Let's go to the Mall of America, to Nick Universe, or Mom. Uh, let's go out for a hike. They're not going to. They might go with their friends. So my point is, when they get older, they're in band, they're in gymnastics, they're in whatever, and a lot of the time, they're with their friends. And that's where they should be. You know, if they spent too much time with Mom and Dad at 16 years old, that's probably not really the best thing. 
I think I've made my point. Should I explain it one more time? Anything you want to do with your kids, do it before they're 13 because they'll do it, but it's going to be much harder. And suddenly, just like happened to me uh, last summer, they're gone. And, you know, he's off having a great time in Boston and uh, he's having the time of his life and he goes to concerts and he went to dinner last night with a friend and the friend's girlfriend and two other girls and he won't let me ask him about whether he's dating either of the two girls because that's not his thing and I've even asked him Carson if you're gay it's okay if you're gay let me know because I'll love you no matter what I'm not gay I said well okay but remember that if you are it's okay so (laughs) that's another topic altogether and I really mean that don't you think I mean if your kid was gay and you decided you had a choice to either accept it or not accept it and be make them miserable. I mean, I'm very accepting of that. I think that, I mean, I've married like four gay couples. So, um, but I think that anytime a kid has to tell their parents that they're gay, it's probably a really difficult thing. I don't know. Maybe it's getting easier and easier. Okay, but I'm getting a little bit off topic here. I tend to do that. I tend to drift around here and there. This week, I am going to Los Angeles Um, I will be on the air on Tuesday morning, but not Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The company said, Dave, do you want to come out for this music summit where we're going to listen to music? We're going to listen to new music pretty much Wednesday afternoon, all day Thursday, part of the day on Friday. We're going to see what you like. We're going to see what all these different radio people like, and we're going to take you to dinner. We're going to buy uh, drinks, and we're going to get you coffee and breakfast in the morning. And uh, I mean, last time I did this was three years ago. And I remember Fergie got on stage and Fergie spoke about how rough her life was, which nobody really wanted to believe because you looked at her and Fergie was, you know, she's waned in popularity a lot in the last 10 years since her peak, maybe 15 years since her peak. Um, But nobody really felt sorry for Fergie. And I think that she was like trying to uh, invoke sympathy or evoke sympathy, and she wasn't really getting it. So I don't know who they're going to have speak this time, but at that same event three years ago, I heard a song and I asked one of the record people, I said, what, who is that? And he said, that's by Lauv. I said, what's it called? He says, uh, I like me better. And I'm like, that song is a smash. And I came back and I told the boss about it. We played it on the radio and nobody in Minnesota had ever heard about it before. And uh, I played it and, and a few weeks later it became a hit and you still hear it on KDWB all the time. Um, and there was a lot of songs I heard that weekend that were forgettable, but I'm really proud of myself that I was able to pick one big hit song that I heard that weekend. Um, uh, so I'm doing that this week, flying out early Wednesday morning. And, um, you know, I've never been one. We've talked about this on the podcast. I've never been one for hobnobbing with big wigs and going out to dinner and rubbing elbows with, you know, important people. And maybe that's one of the reasons why. I have not seen the level of like success or syndication like an Elvis Duran or somebody like that. But you know what? That's just not me. But I'm going to do this. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. And it's going to be warm. I looked up the temps in L.A. It's going to be in the 60s and 70s, mostly low 70s all this week. So I kind of wanted to ask my boss because he's going along too. Can I sneak away one day? rent a motorcycle, and ride up the Pacific Coast Highway. But I thought he probably wouldn't take that very kindly because I'm supposed to be out there for work. I am getting days off for that. So that'll be Steve and Fallon and Jenny doing the show uh, by themselves. And, um, you know, just an interesting little note. I've told Steve, because it's a totally different dynamic. People are like, it's not the same when you're not there. Well, 
that may be true. It's not the same when any of us isn't there. It's not the same when Steve's not there. Oh, hold on. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? That's my Skype lesson. I have a ukulele lesson that I have to go do. And I will come back after the ukulele lesson and continue the podcast. Never done this before. We'll be back. Okay. And I'm back about 35 minutes later, a little out of breath from climbing the stairs. Whew. I have been working out every day for the last couple of weeks or month or so. And believe it or not, I'm number 10 on the leaderboard at Snap Fitness in Chanhassen for their um, uh, eight-week challenge. Whew. But I'm still winded when I climb the stairs. Wow. Okay. I did not go back to see what we were talking about. So I'm just going to forge ahead here. We're going to kind of wrap things up a little bit early on the podcast because we were talking about the whole Carson thing and kids and that type of thing. Still some ground to cover. Um, I had dinner on Saturday night with my girl, Allison. And uh, Allison and I really love each other a lot. And we have this just really deep affection and respect for each other. And I'm so proud of her. She's such a good girl. Um, can people still say good girl in 2020 without sounding, um, I don't know, what's the word, paternalizing or something weird? She is. She's a good girl. She's a good human being. She's just a very sweet, sweet soul. And she's always been that way. She's always been a very sweet, sweet soul. She had her moments when she was a teenager when uh, we kind of avoided each other a lot of the time. But she is a very sweet girl now. So we went to dinner and we talked about her house because she's pregnant and her and her husband want to get a house. And she's been struggling a little bit with all the things that we struggle about when you think about buying a house. Have you bought a house before? You want the right location. You want it to be close to Target. You want it to be close to your work. But sometimes that's not possible because when you're close to work, it's old construction and sometimes you want new construction. And she looked in Bloomington and she says Bloomington's the perfect location, but the houses in Bloomington are kind of older, 1960s vintage, and that's not her style. I like 1960s vintage, but that's not her style. So she's looking at new. So she's looking down in Rosemount. And Rosemount is, uh, we looked it up from, from where she works to Rosemount. The commute on a Saturday night with no traffic was 32 minutes. So she was talking about, you know, all the things that are good and bad about houses. And I remembered a conversation that I had with Kate Raditz. Kate Raditz is one of my favorite people. She is exactly like Allison. She's a little bit nerdy. She is um, anxious about things she shouldn't be anxious about. She worries and overanalyzes everything just like Allison. And they're both super smart and very, very kind souls. A few years ago, Kate was filling in. She works at Channel 4. She was filling in for Fallon, and we're talking about houses, and her and her husband at the time were looking for a house, and their main concern was the price and whether the price would go up in value, whether that they paid 400 for it now or 320 for it now, whether it was really worth that much or whether it was going to go up in value. And I told Kate kind of off the top of my head, having been down the housing road a few times, and I'll tell you the same thing, um, you can't think of a house as an investment. Think about it about as the place you raise your kids, uh, where you create your memories. And I'm going to go back and read a text that Kate sent to me because we were going back and forth the other day. And um, uh, let me see where she um, she said, hold on one second. Um, uh, she was talking about giving advice to Allison. And she said, 
Okay, she says, the reason we finally found a house was the advice you gave me. Don't look at it as an investment. Be reasonable and buy the house you love. And I think that's really true. And I told Allison that too. I said, it's not an investment. It's not, um, you know, doesn't have to be perfect. It'll, it'll be better when your family is there. And when you have your memories of your kid's first birthday and their first bath in the kitchen sink and their first uh, Christmas and, you know, their first sleepover and, you know, their friends around the breakfast table on a Saturday morning. And and that's really that's what makes a house, not whether it goes up in value or not. So I would tell you the same thing. You know, yeah, think about the value of a house, but think about don't overanalyze it. You're going to you're going to create all the memories in there that will make I mean, you could live in a tent, and it would be special if you lived there for 20 years with all the memories. Okay, a couple of other things. I got some email that I want to get to, uh, and then I think we're going to wrap things up. So let me open up my email and find out which window this is in, and here we go. Let me find it. Oh, I know what this is. We were talking about, this is so funny, um, uh, whether you get dressed, and well, it was this. Uh, somebody said, Dave, I see pictures of you with the cat on your lap and you're wearing your shoes in the house. Dave, why do you wear shoes in the house? I have shoes on right now. I have a pair of very comfortable Crocs on right now. Not the Crocs slip-on sandals, but they're like Croc Crocs loafers. And I got them at a Twins game 10 years ago, and they are the most comfortable pair of shoes ever. And I wear them in the house all the time. Why? Because if I need to go outside, they're already on. And it's not like I'm expecting to go outside, but I also, my feet just feel more comfortable when they're supported instead of walking around on the hardwood floor. So uh, I got a couple of emails who wanted, the people that wanted to comment on that, and um, there are people who called me an animal um, for walking around the house with shoes on, and you know what? It's whatever you want to do. It's kind of like um, I don't know. Some people have preferences on food. Fallon doesn't like hot drinks. Did you know Fallon doesn't have, like hot drinks? I like to wear shoes. Hey, what else do you want to talk about? Do you want to send me an email? Let me know if there's something you want to cover on the show, on the podcast. Um, there was a couple of other things that I wanted to throw in here, and I'm going to throw them in just briefly, very briefly, because I really I looked at emails, and unless I'm missing something, there's not a whole lot of emails this week. Um, hold on. Let me check something. Uh, they said, Dave... I need answers. Why are you always wearing shoes in your own home and your pictures where you're lounging on the couch? You are allowed to get comfy. L-O-L-O-L. Loyal listener, Emma. Thank you, Emma Tritton. I appreciate that. Okay, enough on the shoes. Um, I saw this somewhere, and I think it might have been on Twitter, and I wanted to pass it along to you and run it by you. Do you make your bed every morning? When you get out of bed... Do you make your bed? Why would you when you're just going to get back in it that night? And I read something that was really interesting. They said most people who are successful and who go places in life and are financially stable, they get up and they make their bed. Why? Because they should. Not because they have to, not because their mama's there telling them to make their bed, but because they should, because it needs to be made. And I agree with that. When I, when Susan gets up after me, so she's made the bed for years, but when she's gone out of town or whatever, um, or when I go to Colorado, I don't make the bed neatly and put all the throw pillows back on, but I make it and I pull the covers up and I put the pillows back on, you know, the bed pillows, not the throw pillows, not the decorative ones. That shit can stay on the floor. 
but I make the bed. Do you make the bed? And, and they said, and I don't know if there are studies that show this, that successful people tend to make their bed because it's one of those things that you don't have to do, but you do it because you should. And that's what a lot of success is. There's a lot of things to be successful that you don't want to do, but you do it because you should. Example, using myself. International Women's Day is coming up on March 8th. I said, we got to do something. This is in a meeting last week, and we all, Fallon, myself, Steve, Jenny, we all agreed we got to do something for International Women's Day. What can we do? I said, I will write up a proposal on what we should do, how it should happen, when it should happen, who should be on this uh, on the on the day on it's a Sunday, and we came up with a whole proposal. When I say we, I mean mostly me. And I wrote up this proposal that took me probably about forty five minutes to write up this proposal. Not because I had to, not because I would have gotten in trouble if I didn't, but because that is part of what being a success is. Not to sit here and point at me as look look at me how successful I am, but I do okay, and I think it's because I've always done things like that, that I didn't have to do, but I knew that I should. And sometimes you got to do them because you know, ain't nobody else is going to do it. I mean, Fallon and Steve are really good at doing things that I bring up or like, Hey, will you help out? Will you pitch in? But sometimes it's like, I'm just going to do this because I have a vision. I want it to be done this way. What do you guys think? Give me your input. Okay. Another one, last one, and then we're going to leave. I swear to God, we're going to wrap up. It is floss because it's another thing. Do you floss? You don't have to, but you do it because you know you should. I don't floss every day. I floss Saturday and Sunday because I usually have a lot of extra time, and then Tuesday and Thursday because I don't want to go all week without flossing, and I have way better checkups, and it doesn't hurt when the dental assistant cleans my teeth, and it doesn't bleed when I brush my teeth. And when I floss, I get things out of there that are like, oh, my God, that's the size of a bagel. I am glad that I floss to get that bagel-sized hunk of whatever it is out of my teeth. So floss, not because anybody's making you, you're not eight years old, but because you should. That is the end of the podcast. Send your thoughts to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Uh, we're always looking at emails. I read every single email and a lot of them, I, we read them here on the podcast. So send your email, tell a friend about the podcast. You know, it's like, Hey, you guys love the Dave Ryan show. You love the Dave Ryan in the morning show with Fallon and Steve. Check out Jenny's podcast, check out Steve's, check out Fallon's, but tell them, check out mine too. I'd love to hear what they think. Leave me a rating, leave me a star, leave me no stars, whatever. Share the podcast, send it to a friend. That's how podcasts grow is word of mouth. So hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast enough to share it with somebody. And it's all based on the book. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. It's available everywhere. There's a Kindle version, so you don't have to you know, get it, the printed version. It can be there on your tablet or your phone or whatever. And there's the Facebook page. And that is where you want to see the picture of Carson that inspired the theme for the podcast this week. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. This is, you know, talking to you is one of my favorite things that I do. And I, I, I take that on a personal level. And that doesn't mean you and I are going to hang out. That doesn't mean you're going to come over for a barbecue. It's not like that. It's just that, hey, I really appreciate the relationship that you and I have, even though we'll probably never hang out or feel pressure to go to a bar. That's not what it's all about. 
I enjoy our relationship, and I hope you do too. And I really, and I say that I really mean that. I'm, I'm really happy that I can say that sincerely. I thought I think a lot of people say, "Hey, you know what? You're a great audience. Really mean that. Thanks." Or I love you guys, and it's like, no, you really don't. But I really mean that, and I'm proud of that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Thank you.